All right, so we're chugging right along here this month on victory and overcoming. What a great topic, right? Yeah, communion was awesome, but man, I mean, you know, victory and overcoming. I mean, come on, you can't help but to like that. And uh, Pastor Rena, you, Dr. Rena, I'm sorry, you inspired me because you talked about 3D. Well, I, I pulled this message out, you know, that about being 3D as well. We'll, we'll make a, maybe keep a little 3D theme this week, right? All right, so 3D. But mine's a little different. It's not a carbon copy of yours. This is a little different. Because you may ask yourself, well, why is it so important to be an overcomer? And why is it so important to be victorious? Well, it's really the understanding that if you're here tonight, you're here for a reason. And God wants you here. And, as previously mentioned, you are equipped. You have something that is important that you, uh, you know, spending time with God that, that he could reveal and, and show you those things that he has invested in you so that you can be effective in the, in the world and be a blessing to others. And uh, tonight we're going to talk about this 3D, but in the sense of, Say this with me. Say divine design for destiny. Divine design for destiny. Three D's. And that's you. Divine design for destiny. So it makes perfect sense. You know, if you've ever asked, you know, God, who am I? And, you know, uh, why have I come through some of the things I have? And why have I experienced some of the things I've experienced? And, you know, if uh, you ever been through something traumatic, maybe uh, even a, a car accident or something, and, and you, you come out of it. Have you ever looked back on it and think, God, you know, I could have been killed in that, but you spared me. You, you know, some people didn't make it through that, but you, you brought me through it. So what is it in me, God? What is it that you have that, that, that you have preserved my life in such a way that here I am now? And you may wonder... You know, what makes you so significant in the eyes of God? And I would, I would say that's because there's probably more to you than you think. You are, you are 3D. Say that with me. Say, I am, I am. 3D. 3D. Right? You have a divine design for destiny. There's something that God has invested in you that makes you an overcomer. That's why he wants you to overcome. That's why he wants you to be victorious because what he's invested in you, he needs you to win. Because let's, let's, let's you know, be honest. If when you win and I win, God looks good. When we lose and fail and quit, God looks bad. So divine design for destiny. Let's start out here in Psalm chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. All right, so here's a question that the psalmist poses. He says, when I consider your heavens, looking up there, laying on his back at night, looking up the stars, you know, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, he's taken in the fullness of the sky, how big and beautiful it is, but he says, what you have ordained. Then he asks this, what is man? That you're mindful of him. And the son of man that you visit him. He's like, in this vast creation, all this glorious 
stuff that you did with your hands. You know, what is it about me that makes me more, you know, more uh, captivating than, than, a, than, than a, 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 a sunrise? Or, or what is it about me, God, that why did you, you know, why did you put me here? We, you made all this beautiful stuff and here I am, this little person, it seems, under this enormous sky and this universe that you made. What is it about me? Why, what is it about man that makes me so special to you? I think we've all asked. I have. Like, God, why did you ask me to do any of this stuff I'm doing? I, I really don't. There's so many people more qualified and better. And I said, but yet here I am. So what is it about me, God? Why me? And look, you could spend a lot of time figuring out why you. But I just know this. When God picks you and when he calls you, he did it because he wanted you. And he knows what he's doing. And why argue? Why argue with him? You know, tonight, if your question, well, who, who am I? Why am I? Why is this? Why that? Don't argue with me. Just say, okay, God, well, whatever this is about, you show me, and I want to stay with your program because I believe you put me here. You see, how does God invest in an overcomer? Okay? So when you're saved, God brings you to his family, right? And from that moment on, you will be well-resourced. From that moment on, you're connected now to something that is greater than you, bigger than you, and infinite. Okay? And God takes you through a process of learning how to win. You see, in my life, God has been taking me through several processes, processes, whatever you want to call them, uh, on how to win in different areas of my life. Areas that my past generations did not win. Did not seem to overcome. You know, if you're fighting some generational fights, I've come to take it as an honor that God chose me to get in the ring with that thing and work it out with him. Because, because isn't it good to know that you have a chance, you, God selected you to say, I want you to go toe-to-toe with this thing. Be it poverty, be it drug abuse, be it addiction, be it whatever it is. If you're standing in the place and in the ring in that area and God puts you there, he puts you there to allow you to go toe-to-toe with it. Now, not on your own, not on your own. With his power, with his resources, he puts you in there. 3D me, right? Divine design for destiny. You know, if you didn't do anything else but overcome that thing that God wanted broken in your generational line, you've done a great thing. You may not, may, no one may ever know it here, but when you get there, many generations will be grateful for the hits you took, for the misery that you went through. I'm, I'm in the ring with my own, so I, I, I see it. And it's not always easy, but I know God's with me. Now, Second Peter... 1, verse 3. Let's look at that. Okay, here you go. God wants you victorious. How do, how do we know this? Look at what it says. As his divine power, right? Not our divine power, his. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life, all right, and godliness, through what? The knowledge of him 
who called us by the glory, by glory and virtue. He said, I've given you everything you need to have a good life. If someone tells you get a life, that's a good thing to say because you're like, I got God. If you tell me to get a life, I already got a life. All right, now you, you might need one, but I already got one. It says, for life and godliness, but where does it come? Through the knowledge of him. In other words, there's a lot of things we don't understand, and that's okay. It says the more you learn about him, the more you learn about God, you start learning more about yourself and how to deal with the things in your life. Okay? 3D. We are, you and I, are equipped to be victorious. That's what we're, that's what we're talking about here tonight. That's what all this is centered around. You are equipped to be victorious. I don't feel like a victor. I don't feel like a victor. Well, you know, you may, maybe you don't always feel like one. But, but if what I'm reading here, unless I read it wrong, but you all read it with me. So I would say the majority wins. It says, his divine power has given us, say me, all things that pertain to life, godliness, through the knowledge of him who called me. By glory and virtue. There you go. Problem solved. Good night. All right. Now, all right, so you're equipped, and there's more to you than meets the eye. Right? So when we hear 3D, you know, as Pastor Rena mentioned, the 3D movie, I went through a 3D movie one time. I hated that thing. It made me half sick because I didn't like it after a while. I was like, I don't want things flying at me. It was weird me out. And then you take the glasses off, and it looks weird because you can't see anything. I'm like, oh, get me out of here. This is no good. All right. But 3D, we think of movies. But today, it will, it will say here, you know, according to what we read in Psalm, that in this vast world of awe and beauty and all that, that God has put you here for a reason. And, you know, that even the prayers you pray are, are not unheard. They're not meaningless to him. They're heard. They're, he responds to your faith. He responds to your prayers. And everything you, you do, God has put you here and equipped you, and your life is significant. Know that tonight. All right? Why would he be interested in your life? Because there's a specific design for it. You know? You may say, well, you know, compared to the sun, which gives life, and water, which gives life, and air, which gives life, I mean, what do I really give? Why do I matter? Because everything that God designed has a purpose attached to it. Everything. Everything. All right? There's no such thing as a factory that makes things that don't do anything at all. Every, every factory, every business, everything that, that creates. If you look around this room, everything in here has some kind of purpose. Be it great or small, you're sitting in a room filled with purpose. Well, if this water bottle has a purpose and this little communion cup has a purpose and this has a purpose and this has a purpose, you... You and I certainly, well, far beyond any of those things, have one tonight. So divine design for destiny. All right, point number one, okay, divine connection. All right, so we'll go back here to 2 Peter, but this time I want you to look at chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. All right, divine connection. All right, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. 
It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. Now you notice, once again, he's talking about the knowledge of God. So our understanding of God, our understanding of his word, our understanding of the things of God is important if this, any of this is going to work. That means we have to be students of the word. People that God can teach. People that God can show things to. Okay, The knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Now here we go. <clears throat> And we see this again. And his divine power is given to us all things that pertain to life, godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Reading on. By which have been given to us, look what it says, exceedingly great and precious promises. Oh, yeah. How many have some promises in here tonight? Good ones, right? That God gave. That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Divine. See, in the Greek and Hebrew, the word divine means this. Whatever can in any respect be likened unto God or resemble him in any way. Right? Also, God's representative. Right? Right? God's representative in the earth. So when God, uh, uh, when God announces to us that we have his divine power, it means that we have his power to represent him in love, in whatever it is he called us to do, and doing it in, in such a way that we are equipped to do whatever he called us inside of the grace he's provided. So why then, if God tells us this, would we just carelessly or, or, or think carelessly and, and think, well, you know, who am I and do I matter and all this. See, if God's telling you that he's invested his things into you to represent him, that, is, that turns the responsibility up a whole new level. That means we have a really big job. That's, that means we have to be on the victorious side of things. We have to be on the winning side of things because he is invested in you so that you can represent him in the work, the, the workplace. The, wherever you are, represent him. So, know this. God has delivered you. God has preserved you. God has saved you so that you and you alone could be an extension of his goodness in the earth. A divine connection you see when I really stop and think about this in my life I, I, I it amazes me every time like you know like like David asked you know, God you know who am I that, that you're mindful of me you know God why did you spare me why did you do what you've done for me you know I've often wondered how people can some people can make it through things and others don't that's a complex question right it's hard, hard to answer I don't know that we can really how some people can, you know, make it through certain things. But I know this much. If, if you were not a threat to the enemy, you would have not, you, the devil don't challenge, the devil don't attack, the devil don't mess with somebody that's not a threat to him. If he messes with your life, if he's attacked you, if he's tried anything, it's because... He knows that you are a threat to him and that God has equipped you to do something great in the world that will overturn 
what he has done somewhere. You're an answer to a, to a problem. What you have in you is an answer to a problem. Not to make you look good. Not to boost your, your own uh, name up. And, and he's not, God's not interested in us being having prestige. It's not that. But like it said, he wants us to be his representatives in the world. Many people have misrepresented God in the sense that they have been so much on the religious side that and oftentimes they have failed to really know what people need and how they connect with people in such a way to let them see what his love really looks like and, and, what, and what his goodness really looks like and what his understanding really looks like. And see, he's telling us tonight Whatever job you have, whatever situation you're in, wherever you're at, God says, I can use you. I can be the representation of, God says that you can be my representation in whatever arena you're in right now in your life. You are God's representation there. There was times like, for example, there was a, you know, a job, kind of like what Apostle Joe talked about. There was a job that I, I wanted to get out of and God, you know, was telling me, you know, you're not leaving until I'm done with you there. There, there's something for you to do. When you're done, I'll move you out in an instant. But, but while, while this is going on, you got to stay. See? And when I got that perspective, I, I came to the th- place where I said, well, God, whatever you want to do, do it. And I, I, I'm, I'm here and, you know. And he did and I got a better job. But see, it could be a number of places or, or situations God puts you in to be a representative. And if you have never asked him that, I would challenge you, you know, God, what do you want for me in this place? What do you want? What, how can I represent you in this? And, and, and Lord, let me know when I'm done or let me know, God, what, what it is you want so that I'm on track. You're a divine connection. You're a divine connection, see, to represent God in wherever you're at. So that's the first thing we see here. God connects you where you need to be. Now, the next thing is this. We talked about design. Well, look at Psalm 139, 13 through 16. All right. Now, this is a design part. All right. Design. He says, you form my inward parts and covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The world right now in a lot of ways has lost sight of that. They've lost sight that God created them to be who they are. The devil has lied to them and said, no, you're not that. You're something else. And now they're confused. And they will travel further into hurt. They will travel further into confusion. And so I believe by the blood of Jesus Christ... The goodness of God will lead those people to repentance. They will come back to their senses. Because, because in Jesus' name, because that, that's, that's what happens. That's what happens when you, when, you for, when you lose sight of the fact that God wonderfully and marvelously made you to be who you are. Right? Marvelous, he says, are your works. Have you ever just looked in the mirror and said, you are marvelous? Right? It's okay to do that because God said... Marvelous are my works. He tells us that. His works are marvelous. He says, and that my soul knows very well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. Skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. I was made in secret. That's why I believe intimacy is so important with God. Because you go back to that place where he puts you together in the first place. It's, it's the place where he designed you. It's the place where his plans for you, where he thought about you. That's why when you go to God in intimacy, he can talk to you in that secret place because that's where, that's where it all started with you. And see, I believe that we have to go back there frequently because all those plans and all those purposes, we have to go back to hear him again and again and again in the secret place, you see, because that's, that's where it was all put together. He says here in verse 16, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written. In the day's fashion for me, when as yet, there were none of them. And as I read this, you know, I, I work at a, at, a, at a place where I see projects d- designed from the pen all the way to the finished steel and bolts and nuts where it's all put together. And sometimes it takes several months of and piles of drawings and a whole team of engineers to make a finished product that everyone's happy with. And even after that, there's revisions that need to be done. And the product still undergoes several changes or the project undergoes several changes until they say, finally, it's complete. But every structure is designed and built with careful thought and purpose and outcome. But see, we're not designed by a team of engineers. We were designed by whom the word calls in Hebrews 11.10, the master builder. You see, in Psalm 139, it clues us on the fact that we are strategically engineered by God. We are a product, a product of his wisdom and his perfect plan. So we then must understand that whatever God allows to go through uh, in our lives, or, goes, uh, or allows us to go through in our life, he has purposed to accomplish his will in our lives. So therefore, if he's designed you, whatever he designed you to do, whatever weight sets upon you, he designed you to do it. Just remember that. That's why whatever you're going through tonight, Know this, you were designed to handle it. Say this, say, I can handle it. I can handle it. You see, the word inward parts in verse 13 of Psalm 139 connects back to the words power, bones, and might. You see, you and I are filled with his Holy Spirit. And that, of course, is our power. Power to what? Power to witness. Power to be walking advertisements of his goodness in the earth. Next, it talks about bones. This is the skeletal in the natural, but it also speaks of our ability to handle the weight of the things that we carry. God designed you and I to bear weight. The weight that you have bore or that are bearing now. You know, there, there, I, I, I've often heard uh, T.D. Jake say this, that if, that if someone else would have had to carry the weight you carry, they couldn't do it. Why? Because he designed you to carry it. 
And he knows how long you can carry that weight. He knows how long you can go. Because there is a scripture that says, talking about casting your burdens on him. In other words, there's a, there's a point in time when he says, okay, you've carried that enough, give it to me. You know, and he will ask you for it, right? He won't just come take it. He will ask you. And if you let him, it says he lifts your burdens. But know this, whatever you carry, whatever God's puts on you, you're designed to stand up underneath it. So that ought to make you say, praise God, I can handle it. Praise God, I'm not without help. Praise God, I've been designed to do what I'm doing in this time that I live in. You've been engineered by the master builder to bear the load. So you have power, you have bones or the structure, but it also says in that meaning that we read, you have might. Might. You may associate the word might with strength. And you know, you wouldn't be necessarily incorrect by saying that. But in this context, if you follow the word might back all the way to its actual meaning, look what it says. It means to dance and travail and bring forth. It's the ability that God gives us to dance when we're in the midst of pain or discomfort and to still bring forth his purpose and outcome in our lives in victory. But once again, once again, without him, we would fail. We can't do it without him. Got to have him. That's why Zechariah 6, 9 says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. He says, don't, don't, don't get all fixated on the power. Don't get all fixated on the might. Remember, it's his spirit. It is him directly that gives you the ability to do what you're doing. You see, it's God's spirit that gives us joy to dance with the pain and the challenges that we face. And all this leads to the last point, which is destiny. Destiny. Exodus 9, 16. Let's look at that. Exodus chapter 9, verse 16. It says, for in, but indeed for this purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may de be declared in all the earth. Look at that. You see, God went through a lot of trouble to get you where you are now. We have to reflect on the question that we asked earlier. Who am I that God would bring me to this place that I am now? Well, the question is, what are you destined to do? Once again, well, you know, why did the enemy try to take you out like he did? Who are, you that, who are you that God would wake someone up in the middle of the night to pray for you? I know that in my life. I've had many people pray for me and still do. And I'm, I can't tell you enough how grateful I am that somebody was willing to pray. That's why if you're laying there in bed all cozy and all of a sudden God says, wake up. And you can feel it's time to pray. Say, okay, Lord. What do you want me to pray about? If he don't tell you, pray in tongues. Because those prayers oftentimes might be the difference between victory and defeat in someone's life or a situation. It matters. It matters. You see, God has equipped you for destiny. The word purpose 
And that, ex, that chapter we read, it means to expose or to place before. So whatever God is doing or going to do in, with your life, it will be evident to others and it will bring glory to his name. Amen. So you will be raised up. And if you're going through something, you must know, know this. It will not last forever and this too shall pass. Be encouraged to know it will not last forever. Remember, I've said this before. It, the word of God tells us that joy comes in the morning. Though, though sorrow may last for the, to, through the night, it says joy comes in the morning. And I want you to remember something. When I say that joy comes in the morning, when does morning officially start? At midnight. Is the sun up at midnight? No, it may look like night. You see, that's, that's where we need to understand. When he says joy comes in the morning, it may not look like anything changed in that moment. But the hour has changed. And when we get a hold of that, it says even in the, and when it's still dark, we're rejoicing for the morning that has already sprung up. The sun is just a manifestation of what he's already declared and already done in your life. So God is raising you higher, but you have to yield for it to him. And see, your destiny is greater than where you are. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. It doesn't get any more plain than that. We see that right there in front of us. You know, when we say to each other, he says, you know, you, you look at that. Give you a future and a hope. Hope's a big word, especially now. So when you say to each other, like, I hope you have a good time at that concert, you know? Or, or I hope you feel better, uh, Joe, you know, or, or Frank, or whatever. What we're really saying is, you know, I'm not sure how it'll turn out for you exactly, but I do hope that it turns out good for you, right? But Jeremiah 29, 11, the word hope actually means expectation. In other words, there's no question how it's going to turn out. Which means when you obey God's lead, you can expect him to do exactly what he said and to fulfill his promise to you. You can expect God to lead you straight into the destiny that he has for your life. According to Jeremiah 29 11, we know that anything evil that manifests itself against you is not, is not there to destroy you. In fact, God will raise you up in the midst of it because your destiny is one of victory and overcoming and not of defeat. And see, if you know what God's called you to do, if you know what he's purposed for you, if you know that you're on the road you're supposed to be on, my advice is keep moving. Yeah. Keep moving. You know, if you're not really sure right now what it is, keep moving forward anyway. God will talk to you if you ask him. You see, you're destined to win and have victory. That's why we're talking about what we're talking about this month. Divine destiny to overcome and to win. You see, you, you need to know tonight you're worth fighting for. As far as God's concerned, you are. Look at, look at Nehemiah 4.20. Huh? It says, whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, Rally to us there. Look what it says. Our God will fight for us. 
Look at your neighbor and tell him you're worth fighting for. God has made it clear that you're worth fighting for. God has shown, it showed us there in his word in Zechariah 6, 9 we talked about, you know. But there are some fights that, that God, he himself, will fight on our behalf. And sometimes, get this, sometimes all we got to do is show up to the front line. How many, how many want to show up to the front line? Sometimes people can say, oh, it's not worth the trouble. I, you know, it's too much. But there's no victory in that, man. Nehemiah 4.20 says, when you hear, huddle up. All God's people have to do is come to the front line of the battle. Come to the front line. When you hear the signal, go ready to watch God work. We're not supposed to necessarily throw fists at every enemy we fight. The strategy to win and be victorious is one sometimes only holding the shield of faith and being quick to obey. We can also see there when we read that how important hearing in the spirit is and how the hearing will make the difference between victory and defeat in our lives. To be an overcomer, we got to be first a good listener. And God in many cases, almost every case, will connect a sound to victory. A sound to victory. A sound to, don't get quiet now. A sound to victory. Whatever that sound is, a sound to victory. There is a sound attached to your victory. Come on, you know that a sound to your victory, a sound. There's so, your winning has everything to do with the noise you make. If you get quiet, if you can, if the devil can hush you up, he starts taking ground. But when you start hearing and making a noise, the sound and victory is directly related to each other. Just show up at the front line. Yeah, get your sword of the Spirit. Yeah, grab your shield of faith. But see, don't get all, you know, like they said that one line there in Braveheart. Well, he didn't get all dressed up for nothing, right? He come out there, showed up, and he had his, his war clothes on. And they showed up at the front line. Know this, all you have to do is show up at the front line. But the front line's scary. and I don't know, I, I don't feel like... Uh, you know, I, this and that. Hey, remember this. 3D. You have a divine design for destiny. And if you know that, if you understand that, if you believe that tonight, then whatever is going on in your life, suit up, take on the armor, and go to the front line. With the knowledge and understanding that God is, knows exactly what he's doing in your life. If you know that you're following the, 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 into the place he told you to be. He's going to make sure that you overcome. The victory is yours. The battle belongs to the Lord. Isn't that good news tonight? Let's stand to our feet. Father, I thank you tonight in this place. All over this room. I thank you, God, that victory is, is all over this room. Overcomers are standing in this room and through live stream. Victory is in our house. 
Victory is in our body. Victory is in our finances. Victory is in our future. Victory is in our right now. I thank you, God. We speak it. The sound is connected to the victory. So tonight, we make a sound. We voice it. We say it. We sing. We worship. God, whatever we walked in here with, we might be beat up from the battle, have a couple bruises on our chin, feel a little weathered. But Lord, I thank you. We come into the house tonight full of faith with the other believers and those around us and say, the devil shall not destroy me because God has put a divine design for destiny on my life. Lord, I thank you for your protection. Lord, I thank you for your mercy. Lord, I thank you for your word. But Lord, most of all, I thank you for who you've made me to be, who you've called me to be. And I thank you, Lord, that I am going to see you move in my life, in my family, and wherever I am. Because I'm a child of God. I have a divine design for destiny. So tonight, with we believe that, anyone who believes that, give God a hand clap of praise. If you believe that in this room, if you believe that in this room, if you believe that out there watching, give him a hand clap of praise. So Father, we thank you tonight for this time that we spent in your house and in your presence. And we believe God. We believe what you said. And we're going to see it out until the manifestation. In Jesus' name we pray and believe tonight. Amen and amen. God bless you. We'll see you back here on Sunday. If you need prayer, come on up and I will pray with you.